Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish Greg DeMarco Show. Best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> Viva la raza! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the queen of soft style herself, Miranda Morales, co-host of Chairshot Radio and the host of the Hashtag Miranda Show. And I'm here to tell you where you can find the best t-shirts around. Well, you can find them on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. There you can find over 25 different styles, designs, and colors, all in support of TheChairShot.com. Don't forget to pick up your Queen of Soft Style t-shirt, but also you can pick up the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling, Baron Corbin Sucks, and the OG Chair Shot t-shirt. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot to get your very own t-shirt today. Again, that's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot to get your very own Chair Shot t-shirt. And don't forget, get in in soft style. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. If you're new to this show, of course, this is a solo effort, but it's really not a whole lot of me. There's a guest interview after the take, and, and then a little, usually usually the personal anecdote today is a legit driving with DeMarco where I'm in the car at the drive-thru, and, and that's really fun and interesting, and I think you'll enjoy that. The guest, of course, is Denise Salcedo. Very excited to have Denise on the program. We spent a good bit of time talking about her. Her background, of course, she's a Hollywood freelance reporter, does also work in the world of pro wrestling, but there's so much more. Uh, and again, just like last time with Kevin Gill, the interview is not really about wrestling. These are personality pieces, and I think you'll be excited to, to learn and, and see what Denise has to offer. So that is coming up, Denise Salcedo. But real quick, if you want to follow along with Denise Salcedo, you can do so on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. It's S-A-L-C-E-D-O. Twitter is also underscore at Denise Salcedo. Her website, instinctculture.com. 
and also denisesalcedo.com. So go over there and check those out. Um, I'll give them to you one more time before the interview, just because we don't do that part in the interview this time around. Uh, the interview had a great ending point, so we stuck with that, but I wanted to make sure that you all got that. Um, of course, I am at Chairshot Greg. The website is thechairshot.com. You can find all that social media at thechairshot.com. And head on over to thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco. That's where all the links are, right? That's where you can find the email subscription newsletter, which is free. That's where you can find the link to the Pro Wrestling Tees website that you heard the commercial for. And so much more. Just do that over at thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco. This is a group effort, but it really is a labor of love. Would love for you to be a part of that. Now, real quick, of course, we're recording this on April 26, 2020. That is a Sunday morning. For me, it's about 7.30 in the morning when I record this. And we're still in the middle. You know, we're getting ready to start week seven of COVID-19. Our handling of the coronavirus, a lot of, you know, shelter in place, stay at home orders, what they may be. Of course, always give that to you just for that historical reference point because these are great interviews that are going to be able to be listened to whenever. Um, but that means you're sitting around and, and you may not have stuff to do. So if you order your T-shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, that is great. But there's also an opportunity to watch some wrestling. And you can do so at PowerSlam.tv. And right now you can get a free month using the promo code ChairShot. I'll tell you more about that on the other side. But first, listen to this. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So go to powerslam.tv and enter the promo code CHAIRSHOT and get the free month. Now, if you just go there yourself and go to powerslam.tv, you can get a free week. But who wants a free week when you can get a free month? So head on over there and get that free month. Try it out. If you don't like it, cancel it. But you will like it because it's, again, over 150 of your favorite wrestling promotions and Combat Zone Wrestling. Hours upon hours upon hours of independent wrestling content for you to watch. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a wrestling fan on the internet. There's a good chance you like indie wrestling, and that is a great way to get it for just 6 bucks a month. But try it for a month for free. It's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Johnny idiot face. Just playing it because I like it. It's what I do sometimes. So just like this one. You're welcome. Just real quick pulse check on everybody. I want to know how you guys are doing. Things are crazy right now, and, and it's just important that we're all doing okay. So let me ask you the question. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you, Greg? Oh, you know, I'm doing fantastic, man. <laughs>
which is really, really difficult because you hear so many of today's stars who came up through the NXT ranks talk about the influence that Triple H had on them and on their career, but yet uh, I just don't know that we fully know the whole of it. So Triple H is celebrating 25 years in WWF, even longer in the wrestling industry, and I don't think his greatest accomplishments, his greatest contributions have been seen yet. I I think we're going to see more. Um, where does he stand historically? I'm not talking about world title reigns. I'm just talking about in the business in general. You know, I, Mount Rushmore is a fun topic that people love to throw out there. At the Chairshot Radio Network, we got a whole show that does Mount Rushmore's every single week. And my Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling is kind of obvious because I think it's irresponsible otherwise. Um, for the longest time, it would be Hogan Flair, Austin Rock. Um, I think you can replace Rock with John Cena in a lot of ways just because of the the longevity factor of it all. Uh, But even if you don't, um, you've got those guys. Then you look at that second group, and that's where I put Triple H on that second Mount Rushmore for wrestling, along with a name like Sting, like The Undertaker, um, and then either Austin or Cena, or Rock or Cena, whoever you don't have on the first one. And that's a hell of a Mount Rushmore right there. Triple H, Sting, John Cena, and The Undertaker. Like That's an amazing Mount Rushmore if you've got Rock, on the other one with Flair, Hogan, and Austin. Triple H is in that category for me. He, he's in the top 10 all time. He's in the top 8 all time if he's on that Mount Rushmore. He is, is a legendary figure and quite polarizing because when he was coming up and, and he was, you know, especially post, you know, after Shawn Michaels left and, and Triple H really started to, to blossom and become a world champion, a lot of us didn't like him, right? A lot of us complained about him, complained about his positioning complained about where he got. Of course, he married Stephanie and everybody knew or thought it was a political move, and maybe it was, but uh, that couple's been together for a really long time now and has three kids and are flourishing behind the scenes in WWE. We don't even really see him on screen all that much anymore. Uh, this week's SmackDown, notwithstanding. And that's not what this is about, trust me. That, that SmackDown uh, with Triple H is definitely not something I want to talk about here because I don't want to tarnish the the legacy that Triple H has built. Just legendary feud after legendary feud. In the ring, if I were to find his legacy, I would say that he's probably the greatest storyteller in the ring that the business has ever seen. Look at the Daniel Bryan build to WrestleMania 30. I'm not, you know, we'll we'll approach the topic of, you know, whether that was a plan all along or not in a future episode of this show. Um, You probably know where I stand if you've heard anything I I say or read, read anything that I write. But, Triple H's involvement in the build of Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 is so crucial. That match between Triple H and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 is also one of my all-time favorites. Just an amazing story told in the ring. And when Triple H goes into that ring with the with the mind to put somebody over, I don't think there's anybody better at doing it. It's just to make them look you know, desperate, to make them look like they're not going to make it happen, and then to, to really drive home and pull off that big moment. You won't find anybody better at doing that than Triple H. So, 25 years of the game in the wrestling business, and I really think, you know, I can't say he's just getting started because 25 years in WWE is a really, really long time. That's not even talking about his time with Killer Kowalski and WCW before then, but really just talking about his WWF run. And just, just, just amazing. Like I say, just you really can't replace a, a Triple H in this business. And who knows? Who knows if he'll go down in history when it's all, all said and done more for his work as an executive than as an in-ring performer. I don't know. I, I can't say that now. I almost think you got to separate the two. That's really hard to do. And in our era, he's the first one. So 
uh, it's going to be hard to hard to define, but we'll be able to do it. We'll be able to pull it off somehow, and, and that'll all be thanks to the game himself, Triple H. You're welcome. All right, we're going to transition here in a moment to the edition of, well, in the car edition of the show. Just a short little snippet that I recorded. Peek back behind the curtain. And then we've got Denise Salcedo. Just great interview. I know you're going to love it. Again, follow her. Um, get on board with all of her social media, her website, denisesalcedo.com, instinctculture.com, underscore Denise Salcedo. That's S-A-L-C-E-D-O on both Instagram and Twitter. Trust me. You won't regret it one bit if you go ahead and follow those because that's what it's all about. So enjoy that. Enjoy the interview. Enjoy Greg DeMarco in the car. And uh, we'll see you next time. I'm at Chairshot Greg. Go to thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less bark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart, and baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Maybe close your eyes and listen to the music. Dig to the song. All right, so I am in the car. And so I guess this is a, a Driving with DeMarco segment of the Greg DeMarco Show. Uh, I, as you remember, I used to do driving with DeMarco. I might bring it back, of course, right now. Not a whole lot of driving going on. so uh, But I do drive pretty much on the daily, depending on what I'm doing workout-wise. I did just complete a 5.66-mile stretch around these two lakes in the southern part of Goodyear, Arizona, which I absolutely love going through those, uh, going around those lakes. I've uh, been, been trying to drive my pace down uh, to keep it on you know certain goals I'll be setting a new pace goal soon so I'm very excited about that on social media at chair shot Greg I did post a personal pic which I don't always do uh, that I've lost six inches off of my waist going back to last October had a little celebration with my accountability accountability buddy about that today text celebration because it's not like we're going to get together anytime soon with the coronavirus and COVID-19. But the reason why I'm doing this and why I have time to record this right now is because I'm sitting in the car and I'm actually in line at In-N-Out Burger. Now, I get my In-N-Out Burger uh, protein style, so it is fitting with the diet and fitting with the fitness goals, and and I love In-N-Out Burger, you know, high protein. Uh, fits in with with the lifestyle that I'm trying to lead right now, and I will be getting with we'll be getting my In-N-Out Burger today, Sands Buns. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to it. But the line is pretty long, the longest I've seen yet since this. I actually started off on the main road, turning into the parking lot, and and they've got traffic directed around a certain way. They do a great job here with it, and I'll be out of here soon enough. But I thought it was a golden opportunity to hit you guys up and and these little segments you know last time I did I went over my my Rona routine and I think these segments that I record whether it's doing the road work whether it's in the car I think these are going to be personal segments where I just let you guys behind the curtain you know in the front door of the Greg DeMarco household and that's what I'm doing right now so the reason why I'm in line at In-N-Out Burger on a Friday night is because Fridays in my family are a tradition. This is what we call family dinner night. Now, 
This goes back quite a few years. I'd probably say, shit, seven, eight years now um, <clears throat> that, that I decided one day we were just chilling. And, and I think, you know, I, I one, of the, one of my rituals on January 1st is I typically get up and I spend, geez, like almost a whole work shift doing a budget for the year, for the entire year. And I budget out the year and I got away from it a few years ago. Uh, I did it again this year. I literally spent the entire day, January 1st, 2020 budgeting out and and it's just very very beneficial because you can make plans you can make big plans you can make small plans and you can really strategize and it makes adjusting and and jump dropping in on the daily just a whole hell of a lot easier but one of those years I, i on january 1st i was going through and i was doing the plan and i decided that i wanted us to start going out to dinner every single friday night and that i was going to budget for us to go out to dinner, to a nice dinner every single Friday night. Now, I say nice, I got two small kids at the time. If it was really, say it was eight years ago, then I had a three-year-old and a six-year-old. So, or yeah, yeah, three-year-old and a six-year-old. So that's obviously, you know, you know, you kind of different options there. But we would go out and we would, would go out as a family and, and have ourselves a family dinner. Sometimes we have to adjust. You know, I've got athletes for kids and... Um, and, and like I said, kids are athletes. And so sometimes they have things. It might be a soccer game on Friday night, dance recital, something like that. So sometimes we adjust to it Saturday. There have been times we've done it on a Sunday. Hell, we've done it on some Mondays when it's a holiday. So we definitely do what we got to do to make this thing work. But, but now with the coronavirus, shit, all the restaurants are closed. And this is kind of lines up with what I what I talked about with my Rona routine last week. I'm not letting this thing stop me. And by default, my family's not letting this thing stop then. And I think by default, those close to me outside of my household are also not letting this thing stop them. I got some proof about a few people, actually, um, that, that I have, you know just kind of imparted some of my beliefs about how to act during this thing on. And, and I do think it's, it's paying dividends for a lot of different people. So, or a few different people, not a lot, because I keep the circle small. If you know anything about me, I keep the circle small. But I am in line at In-N-Out Burger to get food for the family, because damn it, tonight's going to be family dinner night. Coronavirus or not, it's going to be family dinner night. So I'm going to make my way through this line. I'm going to place my order. And then I'm going to get the food. I'm going to go home. We're going to chill. We're going to eat. We play some games, hang out as a family and watch something on Netflix. Who knows? And and we're going to enjoy life, man. We are not letting this thing get us down. And it's hard. You know, and I'm a generally a positive person. I'm going to admit something on these airways right now that I wouldn't normally admit. Monday and Tuesday of this week for me fucking sucked. I had just just really tough days where I was just down about this. I want life to get back to normal, but I refuse to force it back to normal because I think that's a mistake and I think that can really lead to some bad shit. And I also uh, refuse to let it get me down. But Monday and Tuesday were probably the worst days that I've had. And I did some things coming out of that, right? Tuesday night, we record the Greg DeMarco Show. Excuse me, what used to be the Greg DeMarco Show. This is the Greg DeMarco Show. We record Chair Shot Radio with myself, Patrick O'Dowd, and Miranda Morales. And then when that's over, Patrick O'Dowd goes to bed. Miranda and I then record the Hashtag Miranda Show. And they were two great shows. If you haven't listened to those yet, go back and listen to them. The energy was fantastic. And I'm an energy guy. I'm all about 
about energy. I talk about energy in almost every job interview I have, and, and I'm an energy guy, and the energy was great for those two shows. So I came out of those two shows better than I had been all day Monday and all day Tuesday. Wednesday, my dumbass actually went in and worked in the office. Now, the office was completely empty. There was no one else there except for good old Greg DeMarco, and it was just great. You know, I drove to work, which I never do. My my routine, my Rona routine involves the office complex instead of the neighborhood, the morning walk and the lunchtime walk. They were different. I had some Chipotle for lunch, you know, go and grab and go. And it just felt good. It just felt normal to do some of those things. And that that was something that, that I really relished in. And I'm probably going to continue to go into the office once a week. It'll just be me, maybe one or two other people. Who knows? Uh, we do have a couple people that go in there occasionally. But it really did work for me, and I was really happy with how I felt coming out of it. Had two, had a great day Wednesday, good day Thursday, great day today, which is Friday when I'm recording this, Friday, April 24th. And just really, really excited about what that did. But it goes back to the same message. And maybe I'll deliver this message every week because maybe you guys out there, or some of you or one of you, needs to hear it. This thing sucks. All right, this thing definitely sucks. The coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you call it, it sucks. It blows. I hate it. But I'm not going to let it get me down. Don't let it get you down. If you were working on goals before this thing started and you've let those goals go, fuck all that. Get back on your goals. Make those goals happen. Figure out a new way. If you don't know, get me on social media, at ChairShotGreg. Email me, gregdemarco at thechairshot.com. I'll help you brainstorm and figure out how to get back on those goals, right? You will make it work. It may not be ideal, but that will build your mental toughness, and at least you'll come out of this better than you went in, which is a phrase that I've used multiple times with multiple people on multiple platforms. But do not let this get you down. And if you came into this and you were living life free and clear and now you're bored as shit, make a goal. Make a goal. Take advantage of this opportunity to do something for yourself, to better yourself. You will be thankful for it in the end. So I hope you've enjoyed this little respite that we do here. Uh, Last week it was after the interview because of the sound quality. This week I think it'll probably be between the interview. In fact, I'm going to make that call right now. So I am, am recording this on Friday. I'm sitting down with Denise Salcedo tomorrow, Saturday morning, to record that interview for The Greg DeMarco Show. So if you... Um, or listen to this and I, and I decide to go in that order, which I think I will. This comes before that. Enjoy, Denise. Talk about energy, man. There's going to be a ton of energy in that interview. It's going to be a great time. I'm excited about it. I'm calling my shot right now. It's a damn good interview, and I haven't even recorded it, but I'm calling my shot. It's a damn good interview. I think you're going to love it. Thank you for listening. Let me know what you think of this format at Chairshot Greg on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Greg DeMarco at thechairshot.com. Go to thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco. Sign up for the newsletter. Follow along on all the different platforms that are on there. I appreciate you. Let's have a good day. Let's have a good show. Let's have a good week. And like I said, set a goal. Make something of yourself. I'm almost up to order. I'm going to get me some food. And I'm going to enjoy family dinner night.
So we kick things off with Denise with a little Taylor Swift, and we'll get there on that. But first, I just want to let everybody know that when we're recording this, because it's very important in the world we're in right now, it's actually Saturday, April 25th, when we're doing this. And it's important to know because obviously, depending on, you know, people might hear this years down the road, who knows, we're in the middle of dealing with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. And so Denise, for starters, we kind of have to kick everything off lately this way. How are you dealing with that? What has it done for you? What has it changed for you? And, and how, what, what's what's different about life right now? And we're in the middle of all this. Yeah, you know, it is just so, so wild, this whole situation that we're in. It just kind of feels like that nightmare we cannot wake up from. And it just feels weird. I mean, next month is my birthday and I'm not even going out. And that's like the least of my problems, you know, it's just, uh, it's hard I think when this all first started, I wasn't, I was nervous about it, but I wasn't as concerned. I feel like my concern has definitely grown each and every single day. The longest, the longer that, you know, we've stayed indoors. I mean, I haven't left my house since March 11th. And like you said, it's April 25th now. So it's been well over a month since I've gone anywhere besides my house and the grocery store. And it's just so weird to say that. And I don't even think that years down the line, I'm going to be able to like really comprehend that and it, and it really it's a tough time and some days I'm like I forget and I get you know lost in my work and then other times I it's all I think about all day so it just kind of gives and it just it just really depends on the day yeah it's just a crazy world we're living in right now and 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 you have to you have to adjust and, and make do but in terms of you and the people around you is everybody good healthy is is that okay yeah, I mean, everybody has been staying indoors, like nobody has like, you know, really gone any place unless they had to. And, you know, we haven't really seen each other. Like I have a big family. And, you know, I haven't seen them in quite some time. And it's so weird, because, you know, Easter just passed. And we have so many kids in the family. And we usually do those really cute Easter egg hunts. And we haven't even been able to do that. So I just feel like, depending like who you live with, you you can be really lucky. You know, I haven't really seen my fiance that often. I've seen him every now and then. And it's like far apart. And it's just weird. Like, it's weird that the person that you could be easily close to all of a sudden, you know, because he has to work. It's like, now you have to be careful around that person. And it's, it's horrible. And so like, I just like feel for everybody that's, you know, struggling right now financially, or emotionally. So because of his job, you can't see him very often? Right. So my fiancé still has to go to work uh, every single day because uh, he that, that's just his job, and he can't work from home. It's one of those jobs where you just can't. And so right now he's, like, the only one with, you know, of steady income because my freelance life is it's pretty much hard. There's no events going on here in Los Angeles. And so, um, so obviously he still has to work. And then, like, you know, every now and then he'll come by, bring me some food. We'll sit outside six feet apart. And it's weird, you know, and it sucks. And, um, but what can you do? So, yeah, I haven't been able to see him that often since we don't live together just yet. That's tough. Yeah. It's, it's, I've got five people in my house and, and we're all home all the time now. And so we're seeing each other constantly, but once we're out, then the world is different. So inside the house, we try to make it as normal as possible, which is still hard because kids aren't going to school. They're, they're here. Um, wife and I are both working at home so that's a big challenge but yeah it's just you know it's a crazy world we live in right now and and you know this isn't permanent and and I hate the phrase the new normal because I just don't 
ever want it to be normal, you know, and, and, and it's, to I me, I want it to be temporary. I agree with you on that. I hate it too. I hate when people say the new normal and I've caught myself saying it. I'm like, no, I don't want to say it. Yeah, I agree. And, and I catch myself too, but it's like, no, this isn't normal. This is temporary. We're going to make the most of it and we're going to try to come out of it and, and things will get back to normal. So, but, but that's, you know, for historical purposes, very important information for people to have and share because who knows how we're going to look at this years down the road. You, there, there's a word that people use to describe you that I want to talk about and you use it to describe yourself and you can probably guess what it is, but um, if people were to use one word to describe you, what word do you think I'm talking about? Honestly, I have no idea. I was kind of thinking about that. I was like a word that I used to describe myself that other people use too. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think you caught me off guard on that one. I think I'll just wait to see what you what, what it is. So the word I that, that's like totally opposite. The word that I often hear and I think that, that you often hear and I've heard you say it before and you've even said with us on air back in the past you'd come on is bubbly. Right? Everyone likes to describe you oh, yes, as bubbly. Yes. And I think in some ways you've embraced that a little bit, but I got to be honest with you. I don't know that I like that phrase to describe you or a person or whatever, because bubbly can sometimes be, you know, not as authentic or whatever. To me, it's more about a different word, which is energy and just high energy, high, you know, go, go, go. And to me, that sounds a little more accurate. How do you feel about the way people describe you and, and really that sense of energy? You know, it's funny because I never knew I was, you know, bubbly in that that sense. Um, I was in high school and one time someone said like, oh, yeah, Denise, she's so bubbly. I don't even know like what the conversation was. I don't really remember. But I just remember thinking bubbly. And it was the first time I had ever heard it. And I was like, why would people think I'm bubbly? What does that even mean? And I remember searching up the word and like kind of getting familiar with it. And I was like, that's what I'm, that's what I am. You know, I think sometimes we forget the kind of energy that we're giving off to people because it's just so natural to us. Like I, I like, I like to be that person. That's the real person that I am inside my house is the real person you get outside my house and the real person that you get on social media. And when I do podcasts and stuff. So it's weird because sometimes you don't see what other people see about you. And after that, I remember thinking, you know what, bubbly is kind of cute. I kind of like that. And if that's who I am, then that's who I am. And so I even like, I think I even put it in my, my MySpace bio. And it's just something that continued on and on where that's the word people would use to describe me. And I was like, well, then that's what it is. And I just, I don't, I don't see it as anything bad or negative just because that's who I am. So to me, it's like, if you're this, then that's just who you are. I mean, it's, if it's a good quality, it's a good quality. And I do like the term energy more because that's sort of how I like pitch myself when I go out for these jobs where I'm like, you know, you should hire me because I'm really energetic, blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of like the professional term that I use versus bubbly. But it's funny because a lot of people do look for bubbly people. Like when I'm reading casting notices, they're like, oh, we're looking for somebody bubbly and energetic. And I'm like, because I have this phrase stuck in my head, I'm like, yes, that's me. Let me kind of go for it. And I also think that there's not a lot of people out there um, that can say that they are naturally energetic or naturally bubbly. And it's like, okay, well, if it's something that makes me different, then that's what it is. 
Well, and, and like I said, you've embraced it and, and turned that into a positive for you, which I think is really, really important. I think, you know, how sometimes when, when you're watching TV or whatever and, and somebody says something and everything just stops and you hear like that tire screeching sound. Did you say MySpace? <laughs> yes, MySpace. That's a blast. Actually, it's funny too because I, it's so weird because like that was obviously like one of the first, I think first major social media platforms. I got on it when I was like in seventh grade. And so it was like the first time that I started connecting with people. I started connecting with wrestling fans and all of these people on MySpace. I, I was just thinking about it yesterday. I was like, I used to code my little page and add little pictures. And I missed the MySpace days when it was good. That's awesome. The fact that you, you miss it is even better. So that just, just, just makes me smile so much. So you're obviously, you know, with instant culture and, and everything is big on pop culture. But before that, you were doing a travel blog. And, and that's really kind of how you got started into all this. Why a travel blog? What made you pick that? So I was actually doing both the travel stuff and the entertainment stuff co- like at the same time, but I didn't have my own uh, entertainment outlet. So I was doing it for other people and I was doing the travel thing as my own. So the reason why I have the travel blog, uh, you know, I don't post on it as much as I do, even though I've still been traveling, but I had it because at some point I was considering uh, branding myself as a travel expert. And there was one thing that I love to do, which was, you know, travel on my own which people think is crazy. Um, you know, I've heard it all. I've heard, have you seen the movie Taken? Does your fiancé know that you're going traveling without him? Like everybody, men, women, children, adults, everybody freaks out and they're like, wait, you're going by yourself? That's insane. And, and it was something to me that was never crazy. It was something I always wanted to do. And I've always had this big urge to go out and see the world. It was always something that I wanted and I always felt so happy when I traveled. So I was like, I can't wait around for, um, you know, for, for my friends to go or even my fiance who, you know, he has a steady job. I don't. So he, I can take the time off or, you know, work around my schedule where other people don't have that option. And I was like, I can't, wait around for people to say, hey, I feel like going to Italy too. So it's kind of like one of those things where I was like, I really want to go to this place, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And so I started uh, using my travel blog as a way, as a diary, as a way to, you know, remember my travels, but in an educated way where I informed other people. I didn't want it to be just like, oh, I saw, you know, I threw, I threw a quarter today or something like random that only I would care about. No, it had to be something that was informative to other people, but had a little bit of my authenticity to it. So that's why I started a travel with Denise. And it was pretty cool for a while because I was able to, you know, um, to get some pretty cool opportunities because of that. But for the most part, I never got it to the point where, um, you know, I was traveling for free or anything like that. I was still obviously paying for my all my travels. And so it just started to become something where it didn't seem economically feasible as an actual career. So I was like, okay, I think I kind of have to drop that because it's taking my focus away. So then how does that transition into the pop culture stuff that you're focusing on now? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that part of the That's question. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that it actually had nothing to do with it. It was more just like, okay, this is taking my focus away. I need to not, you know, I need to not have, I need to not to be chasing too many things because if I'm focusing on too many things, that means I'm lacking focus on other things. And it's funny because what actually started in things culture was literally me in my room sitting down in front of my computer 
I had just finished a whole day of job searching and it was just so irritating. I was at a point where I was just getting irritated because there weren't any offers that I felt were something that I really wanted to do. I couldn't find that perfect opportunity. And even then, the opportunities that I was willing to settle for, they just were like rejecting me, rejecting me. And I was just facing so much rejection. And I was still working freelance, but nothing was steady. And I was like, I need something steady. I need a steady job. I need to do what I want to do. And it sounds it sounds like every it sounds harder than it is because we don't always know exactly what we want to do. So I had to do some like soul searching and be like, well, what is it that I want to do? What is it that I'm good at? And I started thinking about all the things I was doing for other people. And I was like, okay, I'm writing for other people's sites. I'm hosting for other people. I'm shooting for other people. I'm editing for other people. I'm doing all of this stuff for other people. And the thing is that I was talking about things with other outlets that I didn't care about. I didn't necessarily care about every every single facet of what I was talking about with them. And I was like, if there was only a way where I can do like pop culture stuff, but also for wrestling, like there has to be like something. And then I started, I heard a quote somewhere. I don't even remember where, but they were like, um, if you want to do something, just like you do it now, like you do your dream, whatever it is, live your dream. And I was like, well, how can you do your dream if nobody's giving you any opportunities? So that's when I decided to sort of think outside the box, do something different, and really go and deep dive into YouTube. And so I rebranded my YouTube channel because it was originally just like a random Denise Salcedo channel. I rebranded it. I reached out to publicists. I started getting the name out. I created a website, everything. I put everything together in one night. And by the week, a week after, I was covering events for the channel. And it just kind of like blossomed that way. And, and obviously, you're doing this on your own. So you're putting this all together, you're going to cover events. I mean, this is, is you know, it sounds like to start with, no one's paying you to do this. This is you putting yourself out there and getting this done. Exactly, exactly. Like no one, like the money that I make, it's like, it's me. Nobody else is going out there and trying to make money for me. And, you know, even when I go out to carpets, it's so funny because when I'm covering events, other, other hosts will look at me and be like, don't you have a cameraman? Like you're wait, you're shooting yourself. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's really not that hard. And they're like, Oh my God, I just, I just can't believe you're shooting yourself and you're on camera. And I was like, yeah. And I didn't realize that a lot of people weren't willing to kind of, you know, do that. And I didn't realize that it was a big deal until people started making it a big deal. And obviously, you know, when it's a very, very high profile event, I do bring out a cameraman to take that stress away from me. But for the most part, like I write, shoot and edit, produce all my own, all my own content, whether it's on a red carpet or off a red carpet. Yeah, which I mean, that's, you know, kind of falls in line with your story, right? Everything self-made and, and, and from the ground up, which is, I think, outstanding and something that I hope people hear and, and learn from and realize that, you know, people aren't necessarily going to do it for you. Some people get people to do it for them, and, and they're lucky in that regard, but I think the appreciation level is a lot lower, too, which we can talk about. Obviously, when you're doing this, you've still got things to worry about, like, you know, rent and food and life in general. I mean, life's not free. What have you had to do to to kind of make this happen? Like, like have you had to work odd jobs? Have you had to, you know, do crazy jobs? I mean, how have you really been able to get from thing to thing and still live life? Yeah, so that's been a really big struggle. Um, I have basically, like, I 
it's funny because part of being freelance is being able to take opportunities wherever. So I will be like one day, for example, one day, and this is like really crazy. So let me, let me just say by, so this one weekend I was out uh, working for a wrestling promotion out in Nashville. And this is, this is a few years ago, but I was out. So the weekend I had basically performed in front of all of these crowds. I was ring announcing. I was working with all of these legends and you name it. The, the dream pretty much. Then that two days later, I'm back in LA. What am I doing? I'm outside of a Whole Foods. I'm working as a brand ambassador. I'm handing out hot dogs for people to sample. And it's so crazy how like one minute you're like on top of the moon, you're working hard. This is what you want to do. And then the next minute, you know, to supplement my, supplement my income, I'm working these jobs that, you know, are noble, but they're not, they're not obviously the dream. And so it's just little things like that where like I basically balance out my schedule where it's like, okay, Okay, you know, this is what's going on this day. I'm focusing on all the things I need to focus on that I want to focus on. And then, hey, you know what? I have nothing going on Tuesday, a random Tuesday. Hey, let me go and book another job doing something super random, whatever it is. And it's funny because, like, looking, like, I work so many random jobs because there's so many one-offs. I joke to my fiance all the time. I have a new boss every single day and I've done just about like everything you can think of. I've worked with so many brands. I've, but I like it though, because it's kind of, um, you meet so many cool people working these jobs and people that are pursuing their dreams just as much as you. I live in Los Angeles. So I work with so many people that are aspiring actors, singers, comedians, and they do their jobs, their passion, you know, the majority of the week, but when they don't have that income or they're not working a certain day, they go out and these work these jobs to, to, you know, supplement that. And even like in the wrestling career, you know, you all know that we all got our shoot jobs and, you know, you see it, but it's, it's things that you do so that you won't have to work that nine to five job every single day of your life and not pursue your dream. So I've been able to, you know, for the last few years, you know, do my dream and also uh, work extra, extra jobs. And it makes me really happy when I don't have to work those extra jobs a certain month, because that's when I know things are going pretty good, but it's a roller coaster, really. It's ups and downs. Yeah, that's, I mean, anybody listening who doesn't know much about Hollywood, welcome to Hollywood right there. Like, it's just crazy up and down and, and you never know. So you've done a million one-off jobs as part of this to, to make ends meet. Is there one that you, when, when you found out what you were doing, you were just like either, I can't believe I'm doing this or, all right, I guess I will do this. Like just one that you were like really just kind of floored, like, whoa, wait, I'm about to do what? Yeah. Okay. So there's a few actually. So at the top of my head, I remember there was one where I was working. I don't even know what the event was to tell the truth. I just remember we were giving away free tacos at the event. So they were like, okay, Denise, like, here's the sign, make sure to go out on the corner over there. And I was like, how's that now? What now? What's happening? And I was with people on the corner with a big sign that said free tacos. And I was pointing where the free tacos were. And I just remember standing there thinking, oh my God, I have a college degree. I had no idea I would ever be doing this job. Um, and then I had another one where I was working this big like products expo where it's an all natural products. It's really big here in, um, in Orange County. And I got hired for a three-day job. And so usually people are, like, uh, doing, like, little samples. You're talking about the product, stuff like that. Well, my job for three days was to make pancakes and macaroni and cheese. 
So I'm there making mini pancakes for thousands and hundreds of whatever many people walk by. And at, Greg, this is so upsetting. So I'm going there and I'm trying, you know, with these jobs, you got to try to not get down. You got to keep your positivity up. And I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of having fun doing these pancakes. I'd never, I'm not a cooker. I don't cook anything. So this was kind of fun for me. And this man comes up to me and I serve him his pancake and he looks at me and he goes, I bet you never thought that this would be your career. And I looked at him and I was like, what the heck? First of all, <laughs> sir, like you don't know anything about me. And this is like, if you only knew what I do off the side, you would not be making fun of me for flipping pancakes here. And I just remember like after that, I felt so down. Like I was so depressed and I was like, why did this man say this to me? Like, I'm finally like not feeling down about having to work these extra jobs. And then this random man comes and tells me that. So I've done like so many, like, you know, so many of those kinds of jobs. And it's, it's, um, it's fun if you're working with fun people and working for a good brand and they pay nicely. So that's always good. And the good thing is that you always tell people like what you really do. So next thing you know, that same brand that you have, like, selling hot dogs could be like, hey, Denise, we're doing an event and we need a host. Like, we know you host. Like, let's have you do it. And so it leads to things. That's hilarious. So you're sitting there with a college degree and you're holding a taco sign and you're flipping pancakes. Um, <laughs> but you're but you're doing everything you can to love it, which I appreciate. And you're talking about, you know, it, it can easily get you down and you got to keep yourself up. Do you ever hit those times when you're like, you know, I have a college degree, I'm trying to do this. Maybe I got to shift gears and do something different. You know what? It's funny because I've, you know, when it's been really, really hard and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting nowhere. Like I still haven't landed that dream job. What am I doing? I'm just wasting my time. We all get like that. And trust me, I've had those days more than you can count. And, but it's funny though, because every time I think, you know what, maybe I should do something else. And I sit there and I think, what, what else would I do? And it's just, I don't know anything else to do. There's nothing else that piques my interest, nothing. And it's funny because working all those jobs, there's never been one job where I'm like, you know what, this is what I want to do. None of it, because what I want to do is what I'm doing already. Like, I just want to make content. I just want to be out there, you know, performing and interviewing people. There is no better high than after you interview somebody that you were so nervous to interview and you do it and you knock it out of the park and people are looking at you and they're like, oh my God, you did such a great job. That was such a good interview because you know, there's always people watching and there's nothing better than uploading it and then getting everybody's feedback. Um, you know, seeing other people pick it up and talk about it and then meeting people. And then when they tell you, hey, Denise, oh, my God, I loved your interview. I watched that interview two times. And it is crazy. And so for me, like, there is no better high, no better feeling than doing what I do in, like, the media space. And I haven't been able to find that any place else. So you, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're, you're doing all these interviews and you're doing them on your own and you're putting them together and you're, you're building up the reel and you're getting everything together. And, and, and then two different points, you've mentioned the dream job. So let's just go there. Like, what is it? What is the dream job? What are you doing all this for? So it's funny because I've like tried to, here's the thing, like for me, I think dreams evolve. So five years ago, I may have had a different dream. A year ago, I had a different dream. And then I got that dream. And then I now my dream has evolved. So I have basically 
like a bunch of little things that I want to accomplish. So my thing is I want to grow my brand and my name big enough. I want to work with different outlets. I want to, whether it's entertainment or sports, um, sports and by sports, I mean like, like MMA or pro wrestling, right? Um, whether it's with one of those brands, I would love to grow with a, with a respectable company, make my name, build a career. And then from there, go to another company because that's what I want to do. I want to work for multiple companies. I don't have like the goal of just working at one place and I want to travel. I want to produce my content. Like, I don't want to just be like, um, a talking head. Essentially. I want to have input. I want to you know, be somebody that's known for like breaking the mold. I, I, I've, I said this quote before, like randomly on Facebook, but it like really stuck to me. It's like, I don't want to work or be part of a machine. I want to be a trailblazer. And that's my idea of what I want to do. I don't have the perfect vision yet. So when I say like my dream job, I don't have something specific. It's more of an idea that I have in my head and little pieces of what I think would make up or compose this uh, dream job. Yeah, you know, it's probably two things that, that came out of that from what you just said. Number one, you're probably not going to know what the dream job is until you get there. You're going to be like, okay, this is this was the dream. And, and like you said, and then it's going to evolve into the next thing, which I love. Uh, it's funny because you say you don't want to be part of the machine. I kind of think you almost are a machine, Denise, like listening to you and, and everything. <laughs> like I think you are the machine and that machine. Because if you think about it, there are certain jobs, like if you, if you think about construction, something might happen and something breaks or whatever and they realize okay we got to bring in this machine to get this job done you're kind of that machine like i got to bring in denise to do this and so i think you you are the machine denise you don't want to be part of the machine you are the machine it's funny because i always feel like i don't do enough like i'm that person that like i do something and everybody's tells me like oh my god that was so cool and i'm like no it wasn't enough i gotta do more and i'm just like never satisfied did you hear you say that like i live for constant reinforcement (laughs) it's terrible but that's just my personality that's awesome that's i mean it's it's in a good way it's it's we all need that we all need that to keep going wrestling has come up a couple times in this and the crazy thing about this iteration of what I'm doing is it's not all about wrestling. It's about people and, and learning about people and, and, and all that. And there's so much you do that doesn't even involve wrestling, but a lot of what you do does. Where, where does wrestling fit in all that? Because I think people could listen to this and be like, wait, there's wrestling too? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because I grew up a wrestling fan. Wrestling's always been a part of my life. And so I grew up a fan. I grew up, you know, going to all of the events, the works, okay? Like I, since I was, what, like eight, nine years old, you know, I've been watching consistently, attending the shows consistently, uh, really, really being a dedicated fan. And when I went into college, I kind of for a second lost that a little bit because I was so focused, you know, in college, I'm pursuing this career as a news reporter because this is what I think I need to do. And I was still watching, obviously, but I wasn't as 100% dedicated as I was prior to that. And um, it was weird, though, but it was something like... By non-dedicated, it doesn't even sound like I wasn't dedicated because I was still going to every show that was going on here in L.A. I was still watching all the pay-per-views, reading up on the news. I knew what was happening, but it still wasn't like, uh, like I still was focused on other stuff, though. And so I kind of thought for a second that maybe I was pursuing something else. But then I graduated from college, and 
I just kind of like fell like back into it like harder and I was still like thinking it wasn't a career option though I was like I could never work in wrestling like they only hire a certain type of girl and I'm not that girl I don't have that personality I don't have that vibe and I don't have that look I don't have any of that so I didn't really see it as an option. I really didn't. And so I was pursuing all of these entertainment jobs. I wanted to work at E! News, Axis, you name it, the basic stuff. And then I realized that I wasn't that girl either. And I was like, well, where on earth am I going to fit in? And then um, I had this opportunity to uh, basically, uh, I basically started working on a podcast with uh, Seanix Pop Waltman. And I met him, I introduced myself to him, and he kind of talked to me and gave me a tryout on the show. And next thing you know, he's like, I like you, like, let's keep you on here. And then I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm wor- like does this mean, like, I don't know what this means. Am I in the business? Am I not in the business? And I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm really just a fan. I'm working with a legend, but I don't consider myself part of the business at all. But I started doing that. Then before I knew it, I went in and I started doing backstage reporting with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Then I landed my first contract. This, my first contract was with Aro Lucha. And it was my first time ring announcing. And they hired me as the ring announcer. Um, based off of like my terrible audition. But they mainly liked <laughs> me because of my other work. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, Conan even told me my audition was bad. So, so that's all you need to know about that. But I went out there, I, I couldn't believe it, my first show ever, ring announcing, was in front of a thousand people in Nashville, sold out, and I was basically running the entire show, working with all of these legends, people who I followed their careers, knew about their lives, and I just thought to myself, like, how did I get to this point? I have no idea how it happened. I woke up one day, I went to an audition, I, I, I then by the end of the day, I was getting a call telling me, hey, we like you, we want to hire you. And next thing you know, I'm in Nashville. I'm in traveling in Texas. I've never even been to these places. And so after that, that's when I started seeing wrestling again, well, wrestling as an actual career option. I never thought it was possible to have a career in wrestling. And so then that's basically when I started, uh, you know, doing a little bit more, reaching out to more promotions. And then more promotions started hiring me. I started meeting more people. And so that's how I began to grow. And then I started doing my interviews. And next thing you know, I'm being picked up by media outlets. And then I'm doing podcasts with people. And then people started knowing me. And how, I have no idea how it all happened. But it always just kind of felt like it was meant for me because it never let me go. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. Wrestling is something that just never goes away. I mean, I know years ago when, when we were in college, my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, she was my fiance, but I remember she would joke, she was like, she she knew that she just had to accept wrestling because wrestling was around long before her and it would probably be around long after her if that were the case. So it's just this weird, there's nothing like it in the world and it kind of, I don't want to say it traps us, but in some ways it definitely does capture us and, and keeps us sticking around for, for a long, long time and, you know. It's crazy, crazy business, but that could be a whole nother podcast and interview on its own. I do want to bring something really, really current, and, and you probably thought I was kidding about this yesterday when we joked about it on social media, but I wasn't. So yesterday, you put out a tweet, and this has become a bigger deal as everybody's quarantined and they're trying to make money, that you just discovered what OnlyFans was. And it just, just like, how? Like, what happened? <laughs> Oh my god okay so like this is like okay 
So for people that like know me, like, you know, my family and stuff, like they, I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm not always like, Oh, I don't even know. Like there's so many things sometimes that go over my head. Um, my fiance likes to say that I'm such that I could be like, I'm very conservative. So sometimes I'm a little bit of a prude when it comes to, you know, like things that are like in the rated R nature and he'll make fun of me because that's just like who I am. I'm naturally very awkward. Like I get very awkward when these types of situations come up. So I tend to avoid all of that type of stuff. Like even when wrestling after dark, the Twitter thing hashtag was trending. And I saw that I clicked on it once saw three tweets and I logged off of Twitter and I did not go on the rest of the night. I was like, I cannot be seeing this. I'm out. And so it's just, I, okay. So with the only fans, I had seen one tweet a while back about some girl or I don't know. I don't even know who some woman was making a bunch of money. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like just keep scrolling. And then yesterday I saw another random tweet. You know, those tweets that pop up on your feed from people you're not even following it, but uh-huh. maybe one of your followers gave it a like or something. So I saw that some girl, I think posted like, Oh, I'm like calculating inside my mind how much money people are making. And I'm like, what is she talking about? So I was like, and she said like only fans. Right. So for it's so embarrassing but for a second I was like is she talking about fan accounts like are these fan accounts making money and I was like that sounds like not proper because I I thought it was something where it was like journalistic integrity where it's like oh maybe a fan account is making money off of posting for you know for for some celebrity or something and so then I googled it like what is only fans and then when I read it I remembered the original tweet that I had seen a while back and I was like oh so that's what it was and so I put it out there thinking hey uh, maybe a bunch of other people are, are gonna are gonna be like oh I don't know what that is either or you know I, that's the reaction I thought I was gonna get and the next thing you know like two seconds later I had like 10 comments already and I was like what and everybody was like freaking out about it and I was and I was just like, wait, everyone knew about OnlyFans except me. And so I messaged my fiance and I was like, dude, did you know about this? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, wait, are you creeping up on girls? Like, why do you know about this? And he was just like, Denise, I don't live under a rock. And I was like, what? And so then we started talking about it and joking about it. And turns out that everybody apparently knew about this except me. And people were like, it's all over Twitter. It's all over Twitter. And I was like, well, not on my timeline. Like, it really isn't. Like, my timeline is half wrestling and half Taylor Swift and half, like, random other stuff. But I just never really seen it on my timeline. That's, okay, that, that's, there's, there's, like, a bunch of things out of that that I just love. First of all, we're going to talk about math later because you just had three halves. But we'll we'll worry about that at a different point because math, we don't need math. That's fine. I promise you there wouldn't be math. Oh, so. I'm terrible okay. at math. Like, That's if okay. I said something incorrectly with math, I'm horrible at math. Trust me, when I host Chair Shot Radio, and I'm the one who does the math, and they're just like, what? There's math? What are you doing? So if we ever tally something, <laughs> Greg has to do it. But it's it's fine. Yeah, the, the thing about OnlyFans that I think is terrible, it, it's, it's, we all know, well, at least you now, so everyone, now we all know, now that you know, <laughs> what it's used for. And it's almost sad in the fact that 
content distribution and bringing content to your fans and all of that and, and having fans pay forward is something that's kind of a, a, a dream and websites like Patreon, all that let that happen. And unfortunately, half of Patreon is just like this now with, with what OnlyFans distributes. And so it, it's it's unfortunately that world just creeps into everything we do. And and I feel like, you know, this is that, that, that old phrase, this is why we can't have nice things. Like half of Patreon <laughs> is people selling porn. And so it's, it's, um, it really has become that and only fans I guess the only credit I'll give only fans is they ain't trying to hide it like this is just boom here's what it is this is what you're paying for right. um, and yeah people are trying to trying to make money and that's what they're doing but yeah that was that was kind of crazy one of the three halves of your Twitter timeline you mentioned was Taylor Swift and I do want to talk about her before we talk about the song that you picked for today's show why like there's a lot of things that people can just become infatuated with and love and and kind of start to define their personality. Why Taylor Swift? Oh my god, I wish I had the perfect answer for that because if you only knew how many people talk to me about Taylor Swift every single day in all walks of life, you would be amazed. So, I discovered Taylor Swift when I was 14 years old. I'm 27 now. So, this has been a very very long uh, fandom that I've been a part of. And so when I first discovered Taylor, I had seen a music video of hers and I thought, well, this girl is so pretty. And that was, that was kind of it. I liked the song, but then I don't know what it was. Something made me search her up. And again, going back to MySpace. So I searched her up on MySpace and I read her bio. And I will tell you that never in my entire life did I ever, ever meet somebody or get to know somebody where I felt we had like so much in common. I read her bio and it was really long and it's out there. Like you can find it like on, you know, Google and stuff. And when I read it, I was like, oh my God, like I think just like this girl, like we have so much in common. She is so cool. Like I can't believe I found somebody that thinks the way I do, that feels the same way I do. And so I started listening to more of her music and just every single song that I heard, you know, when you hear songs and you like them from an artist, but then you hear some other songs and you're like, "Eh, I'm not that really interested into it. Well, with Taylor, every single song that I heard, I was like, oh my God, I love this song. But here's the thing though, is that, you know, with Taylor writing her own music and you listen to her words, if you listen to like her first album, for example, it's crazy to hear her thoughts and her words because they are so mature and so above her age where she was at that point. And it was also really freaky because everything she was feeling and everything she was writing were things I had felt before in my own personal life. And I'd never said out loud. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, I used to think I was a weird person because I felt this way. And you know, you know, those things that you don't admit to yourself that you feel a certain way, but you kind of push it back and you don't, you know, you just don't admit to yourself. Well, there's this girl out there and she's writing about those things. And for the first time in my life, I felt comfortable with my own emotions, reading, listening to Taylor's, excuse me. And then every single album after that, and she'll even say that she said this in her documentary, that every phase of her life that she goes through, she writes about. And then when the album comes out, I don't know how, but it's like the exact same things that I'm going through. And this happens to so many fans where it's just, it's so easy to relate to Taylor and her music that you can't help but to feel that she's like you and she's representing you. And then the fact that her music is just so good, like 
that's honestly like where the whole like I just I just think she's like the most respectable person and I just I I admire her so much. She's she's definitely an idol of mine. Now, she's put out, you know, I, I don't know the exact number, but you know, hundreds of songs, right? Like over the years that, that she's been right. she's been doing this. You picked one. You picked Ready for It. Why? What is it about that song? So it's funny because that's not even my favorite song, but I picked it because it gets me the most pumped out of every Taylor Swift song, out of every song in the world. It just gets me so excited. Like, I feel like such a badass when I listen to that song. I feel when I listen to that song that I can go on stage, I can perform in front of the whole world, even though I have no singing ability and no uh, dancing ability or anything that entails what a pop star would have. And that's just song. That song makes me, makes me feel really cool. So that's why I was like, you know what? Let me go for ready for it. I'm going to be up early in the morning. Let's get some energy going. And that's, that's the song that does it. Awesome. Well, I love it. And, and we played it when you started and we'll play it at the end for everybody as well. And so that's, uh, that's good. So a last question before we kind of wrap things up. And this is one of the new, I used to do this back in the day when, when I would interview people on the original Greg DeMarco show and I'm bringing it back. You kind of know, obviously, we, we, we've been sitting here chatting now for, for 40 minutes. You know how these interviews go and the kind of stuff that we cover. Knowing how this is and knowing what people are going to learn about you as they listen to this, who is one person that you know that, that, that you could even call up the phone and talk to right now that you're like, Greg should go and interview this person? Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I feel like there's so many talented people out there. Um, I'm trying to think. There's just so many. Like, there's so many people in the wrestling world. Like, I okay, you know what? Here's a good one. I just had an amazing, amazing interview with Chris Bay, um, who just signed with Impact Wrestling. And I got to tell you, like, his energy and everything that he said really inspired me in that interview. So I'm going to say that he would be one of the people that I think you should talk to because it's just crazy how some people can really make their dreams a possibility. And I think he's one of those people. And because I had that recent interview, it's kind of like, you know, in my head. So I would definitely say he's one of those people. All right. Well, we'll definitely look into that and, and try to make that happen. So learning moment from this interview for everybody that I want to, to kind of take away, because that's a big thing that, that I want these to be about is, is to kind of have a big summation point. You used the phrase earlier several different times about branding yourself. And I think that is, is not necessarily a newer phrase anymore, but it's, it, it gives you kind of control over who you are and how you're perceived. The, the, the concept of branding yourself, like how would you define that? If someone were like, what does it mean to brand myself? How would you tell, what would you tell them? I would, this is very hard and I'll tell you why, because it took me a really long time to figure out what my brand was because everyone thinks your brand is literally one exact thing. And yes, that is the general gist of that. But I've come to learn that your brand is just who you are, who you are times 10 and laminated, honestly. Like, when you think of me, you think, okay, she's a big Taylor Swift fan, she's bubbly, and she likes pro wrestling, and she works hard. There you go. That's my brand. So I do things that cater to that, because that's just who I am. And it's easy to do that, because if it's something that you love, then it's easy to be who you are. So I would say your brand is who you are, but laminated. By laminated, I mean like professional, <laughs> like a professional way of, of who you are. 
Right, so take who you are and polish it up so that people, you know, get that professional presentation behind it, but still be you. Yes. Are you ready for it? was a robber first time that he saw me feeling hearts and running up and never saying sorry but if i'm a thief then he can join the heist and we'll move to an island and and he can be my jailer Burst to the tailor every love i've known in comparison is a failure i forget their names now i'm so very tame now never be the same now Touch me and you'll never be 